Welcome to Find the Outside the Podcast. We're doing our thing where we do the intro after we've done the conversation. So this is to kind of weave you into what just happened. So uh, essentially, Choose and I dived into reflections upon this turning point as a solstice, this turning point in the year, this turning point in our relationship to kind of COVID-19 and the pandemic, um, and, uh, and really reaching into his- history and the past and ancestry to lend some meaning and insight into this moment we're in and where we go from here, really coming from, as so often are, two very different perspectives and, and, and lineages that we pull from to kind of make sense of the modern world, you know? That's right. And one of the things, when a, a big buzzy thing for me that I'm still like buzzing about was this idea of monuments. What are the monuments that we've gotten from the past? And what are the monuments we're creating today for the future? And what does that mean? How would we like to do that? And this idea that we can we can meander a bit. We don't have to take that straight road to what's next. We can meander a little bit on the path. So those two things just have me buzzing and I hope you all enjoy it. Indeed. Please enjoy the circuitous route of this podcast. That's right. (laughs) Take care, friends. Have a lovely entry to 2021. So we're recording on December 22nd, the day after the solstice. And it's really on, yeah, it's really on my mind. So I wanted to read you something, Tim, because I think it reflects um, some of what it's been on my mind and heart and body the last couple of days. So, and you know, this is just, it's from Pinterest. Isn't that crazy? The things you can find on Pinterest, but I found it useful. So it says winter solstice, nature remembers what we humans have forgotten. Every cycle must return to stillness, silence, the dark. Every outbreath requires an in-breath. Every outer endeavor turns back inward to its origins, its center, and begins again. From death comes new life, and from the darkest night, the new dawn is born. So I've just been thinking about this idea of us as a reflection of what's happening to the earth right now, right? We just passed the longest night we're in kind of the return of the light today. Um, so I got up this morning to see the sun come up, which wasn't exactly possible. It was quite overcast today, but just like to feel the light coming um, back into the world today, it felt important to kind of mark that. And I've been thinking a lot about, you know, this idea of death to have something new reborn and kind of moving from darkness into light and just that kind of that kind of transition point that moment and so I just thought it might be you know interesting to do for us to talk about that right now like what's dark and light what's dying and being reborn what's up for us in terms of like as a reflection of the very earth we're on right now Mm. and why is the kind of like metaphor of that or the story of that or the why is that, um, maybe this is a question for both of us, like, why is that speaking to us? Why is that speaking to you so much at the moment? Hmm. I think it's, I think it's a direct, if we think about the outside work, it feels like a direct connection from this kind of rest and reflection in the fall, which has felt like a movement towards slowing down, a movement towards stillness, right? 
and I can feel I can feel this moment of pause before we kind of turn our gaze again to the outward world and kind of like start back up in January. So like there's something about what we've actually been doing with the outside this fall into this win- into January that I think it reflects. Yeah. But I also just as you know, as I get older, I find myself feeling <laughs> I just I just feel it more. Like my body feels it, my body is feeling that dark and the slowness and the wanting to like really be in the pause of this couple of days and the pause of maybe this even two weeks before we start back up. Um, And it just has me reflecting like, oh, right. How can I be more intentional about that? How can I not just let it happen or watch it or notice it, but actually think about what is dying in me for something else to be reborn? What do I want to let go of for something new to come? What is the kind of in some ways, the fertile dark just to stay in for a little bit before I try to shine my light back out. So it's just kind of those kind of contemplations are happening for me. So I thought maybe we could just dive into it. But that's why it's speaking to me. How about you? So first of all, I just turned off the heater in my background. So probably listeners, you had the benefit of this like running for the first (laughs) few minutes of our podcast. (laughs) I apologize. I'm dropping all kinds of balls at this particular point of the year. Hmm. Um, And maybe that's a part of it, you know, it's like, I feel like a lot of what, uh, but no glass balls. One of our, one of our partners recently was talked about, you know, we're all juggling stuff, but there's some glass balls that you want to keep up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I find that the, the more, space I make in my life, the more opportunity there is to uh, see clearly and then make deliberate choices or even just notice what's happening in terms Mm -hmm. of my own growth and then choose for it, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think the fall, the autumn has been a period of stopping as it's not that we haven't worked, especially the last four weeks have been mm-hmm. absolutely craziness, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but really, prior to that, there's been enough space for me to like stop and like dig deep internal, you know, and uh, go a little bit into the underworld mm. and uh, see what's discovered there. And mm-hmm. and I find if I'm if I'm really busy, if I'm just plowing through life. There's no opportunity for me to go into the underworld. There's no opportunity for me to go into some of the tougher parts of my own life or my own journey or, um, you know, at least what I'm finding. I mean, you and Jen were just making fun of me about my, you know, inevitable midlife crisis, (laughs) you know, and that I'm going to be, you know, buying a Porsche. I'm playing Journey, Can't Stop Believing with the hood down in the middle of winter with four of my other old white mates driving mm-hmm. through uh, driving through my home bay. Um, but I am finding, I mean, I'm, it's not just a period of year. I think I'm in a period of life yeah. that is requiring some, uh, you know, maybe this is the solstice of a bigger journey for me, not just mm-hmm. in terms of this year where I'm really beginning to evaluate and look at and learn and recalibrate um, uh, a lot of some of my most intimate relationships as well as my working relationships as well as my relationships to myself and 
the different part, the different traumatized part of parts of me. And, Mm -hmm. and so I think there's been a huge journey of that through this fall. And, um, and, and I think I am in a period now beginning to build out from there. I'm just beginning to start Mm. turning around to like, all right, well, how, what, what's the, how do I structure this going forward? And, 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 um, and not necessarily ask for permission, but just kind of get on with it. So, so I think that's how I relate to it on like a high level, you yeah. know? Uh, um, and then maybe I, could I read something? Yeah, of course. Is that all right? We're just, yeah. just kind of coming in. Absolutely. So I've been reading this r- remarkable book um, uh, called Ancient Wanderlings. Um, and it's by a man um, called James Canton. Uh and it's just amazing. But he's, he tells the story in one piece out in Uis, which is one of the Hebridean islands mm-hmm. in the north of England, where there's some incredible kind of like uh, Neolithic um, uh, stone uh, uh, buildings and homes and dome-shaped buildings. Um, and he talks about how these were one of the first people in the British Isles to settle, mm. right? So instead of moving when the winter came, they chose to stay, mm. Mm. you know, and, th- and th- that, that was like a, like what a choice that was to make, to actually choose a place and how that changed people's relationships to place. And, and, uh, and he's sitting on this shore and it's a turning of winter. Winter's beginning to come in, you know, and, uh, and I just had some notes here, you know, of like imagine the ancient Neolithic people who looking at the oncoming winter literally sitting on the shore, looking at the weather patterns come in, chose to stay. Mm-hmm. They had the confidence they could survive the winter and did not have to move on and find another place, you know? Wow. And there's something about that for me, that image for me that speaks of where I'm at, but also this time we're in. To, like, to look at the oncoming storm and see mm-hmm. it coming and have the confidence we can survive it. We don't need to move on. We could be here, you know. Like we, they could weather it. And 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 then my notes kind of go on. Imagine what that did to their inner journey, to their relationship to a specific place. You know mm-hmm. that confidence that I can weather that storm. I can. Sur- we normally run from winter, but this time we're going to sit That's through right. it. That's right. You know that just image speaks really, really strongly to me. And these people were incredible because they cleared the land in U.S. to be able to plant what were very rudimentary grain crops, you know. But And the clearing of the land is something that happened over multiple generations. Mm. And the stones they cleared, they turned into houses and places oh, of worship. Wow. Right? And and eventually smithies, like where, where you know, uh, bronze. And, and, and so these buildings, they... they cleared stones from fields to plant a basic grain stock and then year on year decade on decade decade generation on generation they converted those stones into cairns into these uh stone buildings that still stand today wow wow and there's something in the metaphor of that there's something in the yeah like these huge stone monuments where 
the dead were left to rest, where fires could be lit, where families could be raised, where ceremony could be held. Mm-hmm. All that emerged from this decision, no, we're going to stay in one place. Right. We're going to weather the storm. And um, I don't know. That whole image has just really stuck with me. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love, I mean, obviously it has a lot to say about, you know, what we're in right now, right? Like what we're in as a global community right now facing a pandemic, right? And like, because I I think, you know, I've been working with this word flee a lot, like my, my own like internal desire to flee, to not stay, right? Stay with whatever it is. Right. Um, Whether it's, you know, shared with you, my 12 year old daughter, like this is a hard time for kids. Mm. And my daughter changed school this year. She changed type of school. She changed, went to a whole new school system. And then we went remote. Right. And so it's just, it's just been a shit show. I mean, it's just awful. And, uh, and so obviously I have no desire to flee my daughter in terms of like living with her, but like, Sometimes I have a desire to flee her pain about what's happening and not sit with it and not just sit with her. Um, And so, or I might have my own, I've been fantasizing a lot about like getting to a beach, right? Like, how can I get to a beach? Is there like, could I drive to Florida? Could I just have, you know, like a little bit of warmth and sand? And I'm just noticing this as the winter comes, as the dark comes, whether it be like, and, and I'm in, you know, and obviously uh, with my daughter, that's just a mirror to my own wanting to flee my own emotional pain. Right. Like that there's, you know, it might look like wanting to flee hers. But of course, as a parent, your kids being in pain is a certain kind of hell. Um, so you just want to flee your own. Uh, yeah. So it's not it's not out there. It's in here. So like really noticing in multiple moments right? My desire to flee my own internal experience. External too, I want to flee the gray skies and, but, and just staying there, choosing to just stay. And it's actually been this, um, I mean, it's been amazing. When I realized that like my job or what I wanted to do to be the person I want to be is to stay with myself, right? Stay with the cold and gray, stay with my daughter and her pain, like it's been amazing all that's opened up in just the past few weeks as soon as I realized I wanted to flee because I didn't even realize I wanted to go, right? And so um, that just, it really mirrors for me as you say that about like making the decision to stay. And I think often it looks like a decision to stay with, or at least for me, it is, it is oh, I'm gonna, you know, I wanted to stay here like right here in this moment, but the deeper work is actually staying with myself, right? In that moment and my pain in that moment or my scared in that moment or my loneliness in that particular moment. So I've just been really in the last couple of weeks developing a a practice of not fleeing. You know, I have a whole kind of mental, a visualization of what it means to stay like right here with what's happening. And uh, it's been pretty radically um, shifting how I feel. And also I think how I show up with my kids, although I'm quite curious, I think if you were in my house, you might not see a bit of difference in how I show up with my kids, but it feels quite different. Yeah, I like that. 
seeing the winner and kind of deciding to stay. I like it. Mm. Yeah. And then what monuments are built as a result of that choice? Mm. You know? Yeah. And like, because you can look back into prehistory or any part of history to understand what happened in history. Yeah. Yeah, Or you can look back to help you make sense of today, which is like genuinely why I feel our ancestors left us monuments or messages, not so Mm -hmm. we could necessarily understand how life was for them. Right. But though, so they could teach us how to live life now. Like, I think that's almost like the beauty of it, you know? And so by choosing, by choosing to stay in the storm, in the winter, in our own pain, not flee, not flee into busyness of work, right. not flee into whatever it might, whatever our pattern, not flee into booze, not flee into right. like whatever our patterns are to actually stay with it mm-hmm. and allow monuments to be built from that I minute after it. minute, hour after hour, decade after decade, generation after generation. What are the messages we send to future generations by doing that? And what are the messages we're leaving that we don't even know? Because all we're doing is building shelter. Right. But if those people hadn't built those shelters, we wouldn't be having this conversation now. I mean, I mean, it's just there's something about all of that, like that I just think really touches me. And when you talk about solstice, and these are people who would have had a direct relationship right. to solstice. These are the people who built stone circles. Right. Right. All over the British Isles that were markers of migration routes so people could travel right and then celebrate key moments in the kind of turning of the earth mm-hmm. that you were talking about and so um what's that yeah go oh i just i love i love that I, I saw an article this morning that said um you know everything is happening but the earth is turning toward hope right mm. and it was obviously you know talking about in this hemisphere turning toward the sun at this moment and i thought that was really beautiful and i as you were talking i i'm quite taken with the idea of what monuments are we building um, and thinking about that in my own little family and my own little life. Like what, what are the monuments? What are the physical structures where, you know, I just, you know, I just, it's not a monument, but I just planted a tree out front, you know, that's so important to me, you know, just like just and talking to my kids about it and I'm watching this little cedar tree. Um, And I also thought though, Tim, you know, the monuments are some, they're guideposts, right? Like they're like, oh, this is this is how we're, this is what you can learn. And I think that that's why this taking down of monuments movement is so powerful in North America because those monuments were an assertion of a certain way of life. Yes. Right? They were an assertion yes. like this is how it needs to be. Yes. This is the order of people. This is what's important. And so we also have the choice to say, no, I that's not the monument I want to take forward. I understand that this is what was given to me as a monument from you, but it's actually not what we want to take forward. And so I was thinking about, you know, those monuments to gods or nature or how an and understanding of the natural world, how that might feel so different from monuments of society or social order or do you know what I mean? Like there's just a real difference. Although I think the impulse was the same. It was to assert something into the future, right? To kind of stand for something into the future. But it's 
yeah, it's a quite complicated in more modern times, what people are asserting into the future. So it makes me also just like, oh, what is that? What is it we want to be doing? Um, so just travel with me a little bit. Yeah, of course. Right. So, so let's look at the monuments that were left, uh, by those people in Uis or the stone circles across the country, across the British Isles, you know, which were, um, often markers of migration, migration routes, as far as we understand, as well as places where people would gather at particular times of year. And uh, so they were literally travel markers, mm-hmm. right? And those, and those, and like those routes would have been passed down uh, multi generationally, markers in the land to get to the different mm-hmm. circles. And, and um, so, and then you look at, okay, well, so what else is there in the British landscape? So then you look at like, oh, oh, so you've got those migratory routes, right, that are essentially indigenous to our isles. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got Roman roads, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Roman roads. And again, like from my notes right here, this is like the difference between a Roman road and an ancient road is that Roman roads tear in a straight line through the land and the ancient roads follow the contours. And that gives us an insight into the mindset. What is the culture we choose to venerate these days? Mm-hmm, it is, the, mm-hmm. is it the Roman or the indigenous? Are we honoring a Roman culture that was built on engineering and slavery? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or are we honoring an indigenous culture that was in direct relationship to the land? Right? And, and, and just like, this is just my, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, so it's not just that we look back on our ancestry and like take it willy-nilly as That's advice. Right. Like there's That's discernment right. that we have in that. That's you know, right. and I think certainly the way I was raised, Greek and Roman culture are the standards. Yeah. They're the standards. Yeah. You know? That's and right. it's like, wait a minute, they aren't our only ancestors. Right. They yeah. aren't the only stories we've been given. That's right. They aren't the only monuments that we have to build our modern day narrative off. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, um, so yeah, I think there is a choice that we make about not only the messages we leave, but as modern people, the choices, the messages we choose to receive. That's right. Right? That's right. Oh, Tim, I love that. I love that. I love that kind of complicating complexifying our lineages right because i think there's it's just such a it's such an interesting like and i want to go back to this because i think you just made me light up about something i think is dying and being reborn in me so i want to share that but like i think um complexifying like it's as you were just saying that i was like right so like not all of our ancestry like you said is like some like oh good we get to lean back into the ancestors and just take their voices right <laughs> it's not right that's not, like that's not right it's it's no. uh, you know um and and also not all white ancestry was roman and greek and you know what I mean? like there's just like there's some there's like some push no. to simplify very small part of it actually right, right. Yeah. but there's a push to simplify right like so this ancestry and lineage is bad and or all bad and this ancestry and lineage is all good and so like 
you know, there's something about that. I think that that cuts us off, right? In the way that not understanding complexity always cuts us off from the richness of understanding, right? Or the richness of nuance or the richness of like being in that soil and like figuring it out instead of just like, this is good, this is bad, right? Mm. Or, uh, and I, and I can, I can, I can understand the rejection, right? Of like, because that actually has been how it has been framed to us. Greek, Roman, white, good, other ancestry, savage, you know, not, you know, uncivilized, barbaric, you know, like, so we've, 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 I think, I think our reverse saying, no, that's bad. This is good is I understand. I understand the reaction to say, I'm not going to take what I've been given through history and just swallow it whole. Um, And I think that we're coming to a time of, and so let's don't take anything from history and swallow it whole. Let's discover and be in the inquiry and say, we are people with multiple lineages. And what does that look like? And what is good and what is dark and what can we learn from all of it? So, yeah. 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 Look, our ancestors, our ancestors left us messages. There is no doubt you know, and, and we can go looking for them and find them in our culture, in our stories, in our myths, in our landscapes, in, in places like it, like there's so many messages there and like, they're there to be experienced, you know? So like, what's the experience of being in the United Kingdom and walking along a Roman road? I'll tell you now, it's fucking boring. Hmm. It's a straight road that carves through the landscape that's purpose is to get from A to B as quick as possible so you could move troops to quell a rebellion, right? Or get messages from A to B or commerce. It was a commerce militaristic uh, methodology of getting something from A to B. Mm -hmm. That drove it, you know. What's the experience of walking some of the ancient paths across the UK? It's fucking beautiful. You're going from like they meander with the contours. They go through sacred places. They like just by their design. And it's like, well, what kind of path do I like? I come. Yeah. Here's a here's a choice being given to me. Yeah. You know, and it's not. And 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 I just think that there's often this like romanticism that can accompany looking back, particularly to like. Um, like like looking back on uh, white history, independent of Roman and Greek, can become very new agey. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, for me, it's not new agey at all. It's like it's it's just it's it's very down to earth. It's like what road are you gonna what mm-hmm. road are you gonna walk? What monument are you gonna visit? What what lesson are you taking? Mm-hmm. Like direct ancestors, you know. And so um, so I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot in that. I feel like there is. And I also feel like some days you might say, I'm going to take the Roman road. Damn That's straight. what I want it, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. I just think there's, I, yeah, I just think it's much more complicated, much more complicated. And I just appreciate you really bringing that nuance because I feel, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's our always thing. It's our always thing. It was just simple answers. But I, I want to tell you, I lit up when you were talking about the Roman roads versus the more indigenous roads, because I thought actually, um, I think I've lived a lot of my internal life, like my internal life, let alone my outside in the world life, but like my internal life as a Roman road. Like, how do I get to that? What's the issue? How do I solve that problem? Like, let me just, okay, there's an issue. There's a trauma. Let me go toward it. 
Let me just like, you know what I mean? Let me just like build this road, bust through that brick wall, get to it, get it sorted, figure it out, and then kind of come out the other side. Um, And I actually feel like more recently, that is something, if we think about kind of this turning of the year as a dying to rebirth, like I feel like that mode of even my internal work is beginning to like loosen up or maybe die in a more, what did you say? And what's being birthed is more an indigenous, a direct relationship to the land, a direct relationship to spirit, a direct, like not Mm. as, not as, um, not as efficient maybe Hmm. way of kind of knowing myself. Right. But uh, just kind of a wholly different way of knowing myself. So I was thinking about, you know, and I think we're doing it with the outside too. You know, I think that we're making some strategic decisions we're going for, but there, it just feels like it's a far less like straight. This is what we're going to do. This is where we want to be in 2021. Like it's much more like, oh, what's here? Let's pick up that rock and look at it. Oh, okay. Well, where does that tell us where we want to go? Like it's a little bit more like moving from stone to stone or monument to monument. And I think it's all subtle, right? I think it's all, you know, I think We've done it more than ever before in my life. And I think we'll do it. But I just like, I just want to say like, that feels like something that's dying in me. And just the, the imagery just really captured me, like the straight road to myself where I like <laughs> haul the supplies and do the thing and da da Like that feels like something that's beginning to really loosen and crack open. And what's being born is a much more like, oh, what is that about myself? Oh, that's interesting. What does that tell me about my relationship with my daughter? What is that? You know, just kind of like, and just like trying to kind of, it's not a groping in the dark. It doesn't feel like that. It just feels like a, a more organic way to kind of know myself. So that feels like a really clear dying and rebirth that's happening for me right now. Right now. Yeah. I'm a great believer in what Martin Shaw calls the circuitous. Is that right? Circuitous mm-hmm. route. Mm-hmm. Circuitous route. Like I'm a great I mean, as you know, like I think we both are, you know, and and um and so I'm 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 with you and, and like there's no doubt that like taking the circuitous route lends depth. Yeah. Right? It lends depth to the experience. It's actually where in you know the growth happens. The growth doesn't necessarily happen in getting from A to B, yeah. although that is very efficient and sometimes needs to be done. But if if, if what you're seeking is growth, you, you know. Then the, the circuitous. If you're seeking something new, if you're seeking, if you're seeking to discover, the circuitous route, uh, I think offers something there. And I, and um, and I think you're right. I think that's something that's dying uh, in both of us, you know, and and in the outside. I mean, we've made a deliberate choice, you know, in the first nine months of this year, to continue exploring tangents in some ways, you know, to like deliberately dig deeper rather than dive out and so we're talking about you know having spent the last four months really kind of reflecting on two and a half years of work or nearly three years of work reflecting on the relationship we've got so much input from all these different sources you know in terms of a retrospectives and case studies and and kind of a branding audit and a kind of really solid review of our finances and rather than launch straight into action planning we said oh we're gonna we're actually gonna do a slow build out like piece by piece, we're going to build this up in a way more circuitous route than that over maybe nine months. You know what I mean? It's not like we come out in January and we're like, da-da, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. We've done it. Yay. We did our thinking. Now we're new. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. All right. Now we're going to slowly build our way out and do that with the same kind of curiosity, the same kind of uh, deliberateness that the investigation took. That's right. You know, it's like you don't get in and then rush out. You know, you get in and then you slowly build your way out. And, and as you know, I've been doing a lot of kind of reading of myth and story and, and, and uh, kind of traditional folk tales. And uh, that's what it's all about. You don't, you don't go in and get out. You go in and then usually as you're coming out, there's like the return is as important as the entry yeah, and the right. discovery in there. You know, I was just reading this great um, Siberian fairy tale about a fella called Ivan and he's gone out and he's engaged with, you know, he's gone into the underworld and he's coming out and he's, uh, you know, found his bride, this beautiful woman, and he's secured some magic. And his two brothers, these sorry, these two giants who've helped him are waiting at the top of the well. And so he sends up his perfect bride who he's discovered up first, you know, and uh, uh, in and, and the kind of giants lift him out. And then and then uh, and then it's his turn to go up. And all that happens is the giants chop the rope ah. and he's stuck down at the bottom of the well, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there's one more thing he has to overcome. Yes. You think the story's done. But actually the journey back, the journey back into your community, the journey back into your life, the journey back into rebuilding the newness, Mm -hmm. right, is as circuitous as the journey in. Nice. And think about that in terms of COVID, in terms of us all now just gradually beginning the journey out now. This isn't some rapid thing we're in. Right. You know, there are going to be challenges to the returning and the reforging of our communities and our organizations and our families on the other side of this, that That's right. is going to take time and, uh, and will demand new acts of courage and heroism that we cannot imagine that we cannot imagine or predict those in fact, who we trusted to get us in may be the ones who run away with the prize on the other side. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's possible. It's, I mean, like anything, like it's, it, there is some, there is some uh, real possibility in these moments of pause, mm. right? What will it be? The good possibility and negative possibility, but like that's what it, that's what it is. And I guess because we don't know, because that journey back is so unpredictable, again, I suspect this is why our ancestors marked these kind of days. Right. Yeah. There is there is a general unpredictability of how, but there is no unpredictability of that. Right. The sun will come back Mm. and it will begin to to wane again. Right. The the Mm. dark will the dark will wane and then it will wax. You know, there is Mm. we don't know how, but we do know that it will. And so it feels Mm. like that's a way to lean on this lesson from, you know, kind of the very mother that we're standing on right and and you're going back to like so what is it i can influence in all of that mm-hmm. truly mm-hmm. can i really influence how fast the sun will come back mm-hmm. how quickly the gray clouds will disperse mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. long this storm will go on can i inf- no i can't influence any of that you know but what i can influence is how i turn up in it yeah how i stand in relationship to others in it yeah my own sobriety and sanity that's right. That's right. In the, 
that's what I can influence. That's right. You know, and I think that's been the big, you know, if I think I'm, I think if there's a turning for me, it's that, you know, mm. it's like not looking outside of myself for cause. Yeah. Right. It's looking at, it's like, I'm finding myself more and more like looking inside myself for cause. Yeah. You know, and not just cause of disturbance, but cause of um, the ability to stay centered. It's like, it's not outside of me. Mm -hmm. It's not dependent on the storm or it's not dependent on the lockdown or it's not, it's actually something I can own. Yeah, that's right. Something I can influence. I can be in conversation with myself and in relationship to myself and uh, turn up in whatever this winter is throwing at us uh, really differently. And, that, you know, it's exciting for me because then that makes it my choice. I, I can then begin to really influence my own future rather than just be uh, buffeted on the seas of it. I like it. Um. I'm just going to try and remember a little snippet, a poem. Uh, mm. uh, we're on the mend. We're the same people who built Stonehenge. These ancient places bring out the ancient parts in us, the ancient hearts in us, the ancient starts in us. Do we have the self-love to let go and evolve? Do we have the self-love? Whatever it is. Anyway, mm. something like that. But there's a, just a little bit of poetry about like, uh, uh, like, you know, why do we turn to these ancient places? Because they bring out something ancient in us. That's right. You know? Why do we turn to these ancient stories? Because they bring out something ancient in us. And and I just think that's a, I feel like that's a worthy reflection in modern times. Mm. You know, like if we're looking for roots, we have them. We all have them. You know, and uh, it's like that uh, indigenous elder in Hawaii who was laughing at a British bloke. who was like, what if your indigenous culture was wiped out 1500 years ago? And he was like, go light a fire. It's closer than you think. There's ways we can tap in. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, I think there's ways we can tap in that allow us to weather these type of storms that we're all in. Hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, we didn't say who was going to do the song and who was going to do the poem on this one. What do you got? I think I could do either. So what do you got? Let me see if I can, if you do the song, mm -hmm. let me see if I can find this poem quickly. Great. So I am going to share as a song, the Gayatri Mantra by Ooh. Deva Primal. And it's a beautiful, it's quite famous. I'm sure, you know, you'll, you'll recognize it. It's been, you know, but it's, um, it's a chant to the light. Right. Um, and so it just, um, yeah, but I think I'd like to say it to you in my terrible recitation of Sanskrit first. Oh, I love that. Please yeah. do both. Yeah. 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 So let me just get there for a minute. Om Bhur Bhuvaswaha Tatsavityur Vareniyam Bargor Devasya Dimahi Diyoyo Na Prashodaya The eternal earth, air, heaven, that glory, that resplendence of the sun, may we contemplate the brilliance of that light. May the sun inspire our minds. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I love, I love this mantra. And many, many people do. What do you do. love about it? Just tell me a little more about like why it just mm. makes you 
yeah, feel love. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, for it sounds one of the reasons it sounds very silly. It's one of the first mantras I ever heard. So it just kind of landed in my heart in a beautiful way. Um, and even before I knew it was to the sun, it felt somehow radiant to me. You know, like I think uh, it's like it's that, that way with ancient words. Sometimes you can get the the knowing of them without understanding them directly. And so I feel like this mantra brings forth radiance. Yeah, I think that's how I would describe it. That's a, that's a feeling of the mantra. Before I knew the words, it felt like it brought forth radiance. And then like in a very silly way, it's one of the mantras that's actually for me accessible to say in Sanskrit, <laughs> which is also quite nice. You know what I mean? I love it. So, yeah. I love it. Do you say it to yourself as a practice? Um, I have a song I sing it with mostly. And that's oh, the, really? this song, this song that... It's playing that's, that's playing song. right yeah, now exactly that's the song i mostly sing it with i have a i have a different mantra that i use for my practice kind of in a daily way that's more personal yeah. but um yeah this one i sing quite a lot with this song and quite enjoy it This might be like our poem, even though Mark's playing some beautiful music in the background of it. And and maybe I could finish the poem section, but just like reading that very lot, that very little bit. I found that little bit from the poem. And then I'd like to suggest a song to see people into the new year. Perfect. It's like we're doing it, isn't it? Yeah. I like it. Look at us meander. I know, right? Right. <laughs> From chaos comes order, breaking down every border. This isn't Gaia's revenge. We're on the mend. We're the same people that built Stonehenge. Ancient places bring out the ancient parts of us, the ancient hearts in us, the ancient starts in us, our ancient goals, our ancient souls. Do we have the self-love to let go and evolve? Do we have the self-love to forgive ourselves? Do we have the self-love to surrender attachment for higher goals? And then it goes on and on and on. But like, but that's just that little bit. It just reminded me of that, that this kind of like connection to, again, this whole like touching in on anxiousness to build meaning in the present, you know? That's right. I love it. And then the song I'd like to suggest mm-hmm. is a song by Richie Havens. Okay. You heard of Richie Havens? I don't think I have. A quite remarkable guitarist. Okay. He played this song um, uh, at Woodstock. It's Here Come the Sun. Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. But no. Richie Havens. Yeah. Is that bad? No, it's great because that was actually a song that came to me as we were talking about. Like when we were saying, anyway, I just, that song was just with Rich- me. Richie, Saven, Richie Havens does a rendition of this that is better than the Beatles, mm. considerably better than mm. the Beatles. I mean, it's just outrageous. And the guitar on it is just 
what? I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, he's a, a rhythm guitarist and he just lets it unleash. And and even before he starts singing, the sun is rising, you know? I mean, uh, it is ama- it's amazing. Uh, and then he, start, he starts whistling and then the singing begins. And, and it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful kind of... It's a beautiful, beautiful kind of, it's a song you can have on that just puts a bit of spring in your set in your step and invites the sunlight into your day and uh it's a really really good one so i just i I just gift that out as uh you know the reaching in for depth but sometimes we just need a bit of sun Mm. just to sign it shine into our lives and richie havens brings that with just great great musical skill and so uh so yeah richie havens here comes the sun this has been one of those songs i've gone back to again and again and again and again and again in my life since the first time i heard it and um so yeah share that out with our our listeners and our friends as they enter into 2021 love 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 so good (laughs) Take good care, friends. Thanks so much.